Thanks for joining us this week on the Rage for Justice report from Consumer Watchdog. I'm your host, Jamie Court, president of Consumer Watchdog. Today, we're joined by Jerry Flanagan, our uh, litigation director, who is also uh, someone who just won a victory at the Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court. Thanks for joining us, Jerry. Happy to be here. Now, this was an interesting victory. It was a surprise victory. So why don't you tell uh, folks about it? Right. So, you know, this is a case that we won at the Ninth Circuit unanimously. So great news, only to be rewarded by a petition from uh, CVS, which is the company on the other side. The pharmacy state, pharmacy uh, chain that owns also. Well, one of the largest corporations (laughs) in the world, right? They own Aetna, for Christ's sakes. It's a pharmacy benefit manager. It has a uh, annual revenue of $247 billion. And they brag that most of it's from the federal government. So we got this great victory in the Ninth Circuit only to be rewarded by a petition from CVS to the U.S. Supreme Court looking for review. And we thought, oh, geez. Well, luckily, those don't get granted very often, about 4% of the time. Well, on July 2nd, we get news that the U.S. Supreme Court had accepted the petition. It was one of the 4% of cases that the United States Supreme Court decided to hear. So at that point, we had to really gear up and get ready to write a big brief and prepare for oral argument at the U.S. Supreme Court. And long story short, we wrote that brief. It's an outstanding brief. I was in the process of getting ready of to do oral argument on December 7th, the 70th anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor, only to get out of the blue last week a notice that says that CBS has decided to fall on its own sword and give up its appeal to the United States Supreme Court. So we win, meaning the Ninth Circuit decision wins. Now, the downside of that is that I have to cancel my airfare and hotel in D.C. because I won't be arguing in front of the U.S. Supreme Court, but a very, very good uh, outcome from our cli- for our clients, and that is a win in my book. Yeah, a win's a win. Um, and, and this was a case that was uh, about uh, people with HIV who were not able to um, go in, as we all are otherwise, to a pharmacy and get their special HIV medications from a pharmacist. And you argued in the initial case that that was uh, basically a disability discrimination because uh, people with HIV should have the same rights as everyone else. So what happened that got uh, CVS spooked at the, at the level of the Supreme Court? I mean, I imagine your brief was very good, but I don't know that that was the whole story. Well, I think partially, too, is that Supreme Court's counsel took a much bigger swipe at civil rights law. I mean, not only are they just going after the narrow HIV issue, they were arguing that under civil rights law, only intentional discrimination was actionable, not unintentional discrimination that has the effect of excluding people. Why does that matter? That would literally upend 50 years of civil rights law. Libraries without a wheelchair ramp don't usually reflect an intent to discriminate. Kids with HIV, uh, pardon, with, uh, with type 1, like my son, who has type 1 diabetes, who needs special accommodations at school, are usually not intentionally excluded because the school doesn't like kids with type 1 diabetes. Similarly, in our case, a mail-order-only program that takes benefits away from consumers with HIV is not usually because we don't like you, we're intentionally discrimination, discriminating. It's because the company, CVS, didn't consider the ramifications of these mail order only programs on the end user with HIV. And that's why Congress in 1973 wrote the law to make sure that people with disabilities were protected regardless of whether the company on the other side intended to discriminate. Really the only question is, 
were you discriminated solely by reason of your disability? And if that's true, then you should be able to bring an action. And that was a larger issue at stake. And I think because um, in part CBS took a much bigger swipe at civil rights law, the, the stakes were a lot higher. And I think they, at the board level, decided that it wasn't a great idea to pursue that case at a time when CBS is making untold millions of dollars off the US government uh, for giving COVID tests and COVID vaccines on top of everything else. So you shamed them? Well, I, you know, yeah, they, they should have been ashamed from the beginning, right? I mean, this case has been going on for a while. I think partially what happened is that the board sort of woke up. This was, I think, outside of the lawyers in front of the Supreme Court, but actually business leaders at the US, at, at, at CVS kind of realized what the ramifications of the case. Well, it was a great result. Are we expecting CVS now to go and change its policy? And what can it do? Uh, short of you making getting a court order to make them do it, which is why you're back now in district court seeking that court right. order. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, in, in a, in, this is what's crazy about the law sometimes. Even after years of litigating it, we're still kind of at the beginning of the case that if we have to, to push toward the result. Now, we're hoping now that CVS has pulled the case back from the U.S. Supreme Court, they'll take the next step and actually make their pharmacy programs work with people, work for people with disabilities. And how do you do that? Well, the same way the Department of Veteran Affairs does it and Medicare, which is to make these mail order programs optional. If they're such a great program, let people opt into it. Don't mandate it. That simple. I got some questions uh, when I put out an email about this. What's so important about people with HIV getting access? Okay, they should be entitled to, but, but just pragmatically. Well, HIV is very different than many other illnesses because why? It's uncured. It's an autoimmune disease that is uncured. And as a result, the body is constantly adapting to medications given to treat it. And because of that, you need a quick response from new medication with, and, and require the interactions of pharmacists and the consultations and access locally quickly to pharmacies. And of course, with the mail order program, which may work if you're just taking a, you know, um, uh, you know, a, a, for your a, a drug for your stomach ulcer, for example, does not work for these specialty medications for folks that need quick access to medications and need access to pharmacists. Is there a privacy element too? There's a big privacy element. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, folks that have HIV because of the stigma, unfortunately, still attached to the illness, don't often disclose their illness to their roommates or or workmates. And what happens when you get these mail order deliveries? All of a sudden, there's a large package that is clearly medication, and you look at this person, like, I didn't even know you were sick. What's going on here? So it does raise all these issues about how folks with HIV may be outed, and there's a lot of studies that show that that fear of their privacy violations leads to problems with adhering to medications. Well, Jerry, great result, great work. We're really proud of this. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you so much for, for fighting uh, this Goliath and winning. Yeah, my pleasure. For listeners who uh, want to learn more about what Jerry's doing and what the CVS case is about, you can go to consumerwatchdog.org. If you like what you heard, download this podcast from SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, the iTunes Store, any place you get podcasts, you can get this Rage for Justice report. Thanks for listening.